what you are doing here today? Uh, so Mariana Trip, of course, is my A-known uh, name. I'm <laughs> a real person in life, not only a PFP, but uh, been working, let's say, in regular jobs, had the regular path in life, one that my mother approved of, and uh, had, you know, every man's uh, time to get a midlife crisis uh, occurs sometimes in life. So I got tired of doing the same thing, everything in a corporate job. So uh, got out and started finding out what I wanted to do in my life and eventually uh, landed on the crypto, <laughs> the craziest place to be. So when did you start getting into crypto? I Let's say that I started investigating about crypto, let's say around 2016, but it was only because price went up, you know, you saw in the news sometimes that uh, Bitcoin went up like thousands of percents. So I got interested a little bit and uh, the first Bitcoin that I bought, and it was Bitcoin, by the way, the first crypto that I bought, which I uh, recommend to everybody to purchase their first crypto as Bitcoin. It was late 2017 and uh, still bought it with cash. It was like 32,000 shekels now, one Bitcoin, which was $4,200 back then. And... Uh, this is how I got into crypto again. First of all, uh, I got to, I got to it. You know, I had uh, some perception of what it was and uh, had a lot of time learning it through the bear market of 2017 onwards after Bitcoin crashed from $20,000. So, uh, you know, after I started learning about, a little bit about it, I went down the rabbit hole and there it started for me. Awesome. And what was your journey into NFTs like? Because I know, I know that you're you've been in the space for a while, also with especially with NFTs too. Look, I'm very uh, adventurer. I like to try new things, and uh, I relatively got uh, late into uh, NFTs. You know, I. I I do like uh, the distinction between uh, the periods of time. Like, you know, you had the OGs that uh, did NFTs on Bitcoin. They came with chisel to uh, carve on the blockchain. It was like ages ago. Uh, the TX, you know, they carved it on the... And then there's like the time where Ethereum NFTs came before the mint of the apes. And then after the apes, it, we are here now. So uh, my first NFT, I bought it before uh, the apes were minting. So uh, it was uh, Cubist Satoshi, I remember. This was 2ETH. ETH back then was $270. And I bought it just to... To, to see how it feels and how how an NFT that I put it in the world, the whole experience, 
And I remember doing it for two ETH back then. It was two hundred fifty-four dollars, two hundred seventy dollars, something like this. And this was my first NFT. And from there, you know, after you purchase your first NFT, again, rabbit hole sucks you in. No, that's exactly how it went for me too. <laughs> as soon as I, my first NFT was the Chubbies, I don't know if you remember them, uh, but when that came out, that was what that was my introduction into NFTs. So speaking of the apes, uh, I know that you were one of the people who was there uh, minting it. Uh, do you want to talk more about what that night was like and what was going through your head when you decided to uh, actually get into the project? Again, before, uh, before minting the apes, I never knew exactly what are PFPs and I never really knew... Uh, what is the benefit of PFPs? And I didn't think if they made sense to me. But uh, I was on Twitter, yeah, the place where you want to be when you want to catch new things, especially in bear markets. And uh, I don't know if you know Benjamin X. Uh, yes. And he's a really generous guy that uh, shares Alpha. And uh, he tweeted about them. And I went to see, and there were... 500 mints and I I remember sitting there on my desktop and it was after a, a very huge crash of uh, crypto in 2021 and thinking will I buy this so I minted 8 just again to see how it works until the apes I never sold an uh, NFT I never thought of the possibility of selling NFTs so uh, to buy 8 I don't know I minted 8 and uh, it was lucky. I was lucky to mint eight uh, uh, Bordeaux Piart clubs, which, let's say, changed my course in NFTs and how I look at NFTs and how I, let's say, invest or my ability to invest in NFTs. I had luck, but, you know, I was there. And when you are there through bear markets and through everything and you are keep your mind open, then you... You get those opportunities in crypto. There are a lot of opportunities in crypto like this daily. You just need to keep your mind open, be on Twitter, yeah, and just come and be there every day. I think that's a very important thing to uh, highlight also. It's just like showing up even when you don't feel like it and just being consistent. Uh, just like as if the Twitter feed was, I guess a new form of news also because there's so much going on in this space and it's always moving forward that you could miss anything in a blink of an eye. That's right. But, you know, the feeling of FOMO in crypto, you can manage it if you are smart because there are so much opportunities that if you miss one opportunity, it's okay. You don't need to beat yourself up. There will be opportunities along the way. Beating yourself up is like you know, you're not opening yourself to the opportunity that is laying next to you. Mm -hmm. So, so after your introduction into like buying your own NFTs, investing into NFTs, collecting art, you uh, founded your own NFT project, Loopy Donuts. Uh, could you tell us more about that and what your intentions were behind that project? Well, 
it started as a good story, ended up a little bit as a sad story because uh, two of my uh, my partners dragged the project eventually, but uh, I understood after the boom of the apes that uh, that PFPs is like the new flex, like it or don't like it. We live in a flex society where money is very important. If you are rich, people take you more seriously. If you have an APFP, people take you more seriously. And if you take into consideration that you are moving to a digital world, and let's say my kids are immersed in digital already, and we are moving everything that we are not to the digital realm, then PFPs make sense as the ultimate flex. Uh, and when you combine good art with it, then you open like different venues for a lot of things. So I understood it very quickly. Uh, and uh, I had two friends that were a little bit clueless. They were developers, genius developers, but uh, had no clue about blockchain. And they asked me for help because they needed uh, something, let's say, to do after they were both laid off of job. And I told them that... Uh, Uh, PFPs are uh, booming right now and I told them that this is a very big industry and it will be in the, like it or not, yeah, as an artist of one-on-one, you may not love the PFP industry and how it, let's say, uh, how it, it makes less of the art, but... Uh, But PFP is an industry and it's a good place to start and have a project there and to expand later. And we did. We, uh, there were a lot of animals, you know, a lot of animal PFPs. So we decided to do something different, the donuts. And uh, the rest is history. Yeah, no, I remember when, they came, when you came out with the project too. And then uh, later on, you had uh, the tea, coffee, or boba companion, which I thought was really cute. Like, I really liked that aspect of your project compared to the animal projects because it was innovative also with the staking aspect as well. But because uh, you guys were doing that before any other projects as well. So I feel like there, there was something going on there. It was just uh, all the attention was going towards the animals like you were saying too. Yeah, for me it was very disappointing because uh, I understand what it means to own an asset on the Ethereum blockchain because the way I look at it, if I, let's say, uh, compare it to something that you can understand, I look at Ethereum as Manhattan, yeah? And uh, Tezos is like the, I don't know, the cool uh, in Brooklyn where uh, the cool uh, artists are and uh, Solana, when it was Solana, it like the Bronx. So having, a, a, let's say, an, a, now Solana is broke. I don't know how to compare it uh, to. So, uh, you know, so Ethereum is like Manhattan. It occupies the best artists. Yeah, it occupies the best celebrities. You don't see celebrities almost buy assets on Solana. There's a reason why. So, uh, I understand what it meant to have an asset on Ethereum and, you know, in an industry that will be here for many years to have a project which is so early on with so much potential because it had so much potential. So for me, it was very disappointing uh, the way everything ended there. 
but again we are trying yeah so i think you finding your so this is what the space is initially about uh fabula dao i think it speaks levels about how even though that project got rugged unintentionally anything in your power you still got up and you tried to like you're building something new so I what is fabula to... dao let's say i always i also try to uh, help preserve lupi donuts itself as much as i could with funds that i didn't have uh, and contributed just to let the project live and i'm also in battle against uh, the other founders just to get some of the money back to the project uh, but yeah uh, did everything i can and now i'm in fabula dao and fabula dao is a project that i thought of it when somebody started a joke yeah uh, so uh, somebody spoke about uh, because i said to him that everything will be uh, digitalized yeah so he said mm-hmm. okay let's do a digital graveyard on the metaverse and I, for me i said <laughs> it was funny but also you see we are places like this like not graveyards it's too green but places that, that we are trying to let's say keep the memories of our loved ones in special moments they are let's say they are also getting digitalized you see that with memory pages on facebook so it made sense to uh, keep memories on the blockchain because the blockchain is like the place when you can save your memory for ever after yeah blockchain is for eternity so uh, i thought of a way uh, how to uh, best to preserve memories on the blockchain and i was introduced to generative art and how generative art works and to tell you the truth on first i didn't understand uh, the appeal of generative art and but after i understood it and i understood how it works i saw that it can uh, be it can capture memories yeah digitally in a very profound and meaningful way on the blockchain so what we do in fabula dao is uh, let's say you have someone that you want to preserve his memories yeah a loved one or a special moments in time the time that your uh, son was born or your wedding day so you uh, upload uh, now we support like uh, free uh, file types png mp4 or uh, jpegs and you upload those to our website and uh, choose a style of art from the artists that we have available on our website and then based on the files that you uh, uploaded you get the iteration in the style that you choose do you have an so i pinned the initial video that you guys had made explaining fabulous dao and uh, the, the next the, is the, the most... about you explaining it but do you have any examples of uh, what someone can expect when they are uploading pictures yes actually we do the we did a little contest and we have another contest right now to show our abilities so the first one was uh, we gave our uh, community the opportunity to choose a, a person dead or alive uh, uh, that we will make into art and uh, our uh, 
Emil MTO, which is a great artist, uh, he's also attending this call, he uh, chose Picasso. So uh, I took like two pictures. You can see we have a tweet about, uh, and we have a demo how we did it in the tweet. Maybe uh, it will be harder probably to find it, but we took two photos, one a JPEG photo of Picasso, one a PNG photo of Picasso and a video uh, of a film they did about Picasso with Picasso himself. Uh, yes, this one. And uh, now the only artist that we have is Cryptophobia, which uh, had a style uh, for us. We are looking, by the way, for more generative artists to uh, join us. And uh, we upload those uh, files to our website and, of course, chose uh, CP style, Cryptophobia style, and uh, made the iteration based on the those files. Now, CP works in a way that he, he takes a script that turns those files into a sound, and these sounds create the iteration and the art itself. And every generative art has a different way to do it. Probably other generative art will use other manner to turn those files into a iteration of their style, but this is the main idea. By the way, uh, we still have a running contest with a nice uh, generative art uh, piece as a giveaway prize to choose a moment in time that you like, and we will turn it into art. It's is it our... the Kuma, the Kumalian? Yeah, the Kumalian. It's on our pint when it the uh, unhatched uh, Kumalian. Uh, you are familiar with the Kumalian project? No, I am not. Could you uh, give us a little intro? It's just a product that I encountered and I bought uh, some PFPs. It's an evolving generative art project where you get an unhatched egg that turns into a mouse, and then you can decide how you in a, how you uh, let's say uh, design this uh, this mouse that hatch from the egg i think it's a very cool project i really liked it and i'm and uh, fabulous giving me the way uh, an egg for the person that will uh, choose the most interesting moment in time we got by the way great answer by now we got the 911 uh, with the twins and someone uh, wanted to see the resurrection of uh, of the stones in Stonehenge, yeah? So we have some great choices. So if somebody here wants to win a Kumalemleg and experience uh, our abilities, he can go in the tweets, in our tweet and reply uh, with his favorite moment and we will pick on the weekend, uh, our favorite chance, uh, choice and make it into art. Yeah, so I just pinned the giveaway uh, on top of the space. So if anyone would like to join, go ahead and do so. Also, click on the link because the project's actually pretty cool. Um, uh, I was just looking at one of the hatched uh, like cats or bears. And uh, it's really cool how it's 3D interactive too. And it's like, but like you can tell the art is still generative. Yeah, I also really love cool experimental stuff. I like to experiment. It costs me a lot of money that I don't get ever in return. But the cool thing about crypto and our space is experimenting with cool things.
Hey, Hamid, can you hear me? Yes, sorry. I just got rugged for a second. <laughs> no problem. By the way, uh, just uh, wanted to expand a little bit about uh, Fabula Dao because the generative art that we are pushing is because generative art, in my opinion, yeah, or as I see it, will be the leading art type, again, like it or not, in the, let's say, in years to come. Again, it's suited for the digital realm, and uh, it, it's like a, a new type of art that we are witnessing rising today, and like the early, uh, or very early uh, pieces that are now made on art blogs and on other FXH, are very, uh, let's say, important. The new projects in this space are very important. But we are also pushing two other things. And one is the DAO. Uh, we are firmly believed that DAO as a governance type is the best way to human to governance anything that needs decisions. And uh, we are building the DAO in a, let's say, in a way that is not common today amongst uh, other DAOs, because other DAOs is like a mirage of a DAO. It's a DAO, but there is like a, com- a committee, like in ApeCoin or uh, in Compound, where it's the DAO where most protocol use. It's like a rich man's protocol because you need a lot of Compound even to give a suggestion. So we are uh, trying to build a DAO that will better serve its community and not only uh, the few. Because, again, the purpose of all this uh, space is the decentralization, as you mentioned before, is not only decentralizing power, it's it's also the decentralizing the power to make decisions and to, let's say, uh, give proposals to make decisions. And this shouldn't be, let's say, uh, safeguarded by committees or just uh, giving you the power if you have enough of the protocols uh, coin. So the DAO is very important to us and to build it in a way that will set precedence to other DAOs in the space. And also for us, it's very important to understand what is web free culture and uh, why it should be different in, from web 2, in what manner it should be different from web 2, because web 2 sucks. Web 2 started as a great thing, but now we are all the product in web 2, and the, what web 2 caused us to do is sucking the life out of our planet. So again, we are trying to explore what does it mean web free and how we can we help the world or better it through the web free? So you brought up a bunch of topics just now. Just, yeah. just to <laughs> keep referring back to uh, this topic right now. I feel like where we are right now in web three is still in his infancy, but uh, the progress that's being made will highlight the importance of what can be built on top of it because we've gone so far with the web 2 that i feel like we're at its limit we can we only gone we've only gone so far so now it's only natural for us to uh upgrade whatever situation we're in and uh, keep expanding and then 
talking about you, uh, generative art. Sorry, sorry. No, no, I truly agree with you in regard to applet itself. And I give you like a simple, uh, a simple use case for DAOs. And this is like the royalties uh, situation that is right now uh, on everybody's uh, mouth. And for me, it's pretty simple. We are at a stage now where uh, the right thing uh, isn't being done because royalties for artists is the backbone of this industry. It's why we are here. And not only this, once you say that uh, after the first sale, it's only optional uh, for the royalties, you're basically saying like in Web2 that money is uh, responsible for the appreciation of this artwork. And Fidenza is worth 100 ETH just because the seller was smart enough and uh, it's not because of the artist and the other project is done to elevate it. But we are in a place where uh, artists don't choose their faith. Their faith is, uh, let's say, decided by uh, bigger and uh, larger entities like OpenSea and like uh, PseudoSwap. But what can you do? Yeah. So you have a DAO. I think... why, won't, why won't create a DAO yeah? and let all artists... Uh, be a part of this DAO, create proposal for how you want to see the royalties being treated, and then just as one entity, go and deal with OpenSea, yeah, and with uh, and you make the rules, not OpenSea and Sudosol. If you come together, yeah, you can unionize yourself, and DAO gives you a great tool to unionize yourself in a smart and egalitarian way. So why don't you use it? I think so that's where I feel like where artists joining into the space now are completely blind to the whole DeFi and uh, decentralization part of NFTs and I guess quote-unquote crypto art because they come in thinking it's as simple as minting an art piece on the blockchain and selling it when it's so much it's it's bigger than that it's uh it's like a whole new way of, I guess, adapting into this whole lifestyle. It's a culture of its own. And uh, I think you bring a very important topic, like creating a DAO full of artists where they can make final decisions. But also right now in the last couple of days, these bigger creators have been uh, tweeting how they've been feeling about the current situation. And I feel like that's going to bring a lot of storm into what's happening. I don't know. I know that they hold a lot of power, like people like uh, Betty, the creator of uh, one of the creators of Dead Fellas, the founders of uh, Bored Apes were saying something, and then big artists such as Thank You X and uh, Ferocious uh, spoke up and said something. So I feel like what OpenSea said that day, there was definitely some miscommunication, or they're about to back down because of all this backlash against them. Because our problem, our problem is that uh, you have like other uh, exchanges like PseudoSwap that won't back down and they will force. Uh, you, you see, they basi- basically forced uh, everybody else uh, to go uh, on their footsteps, yeah, in you know, in different variations. 
Yeah. But again, you, this cycle is always expecting for the big players to do the right thing instead of the small players to uh, join hands and create the rules that they are uh, willing to uh, have for themselves. This is amazing me every time. Because now we have the tools. We have the tools. It's not, you, you can unionize with uh, artists from all around the world with relative ease, yeah? 20 years ago, it was impossible. But today, you can join hands artists from all around the world and have the same, let's say, uh, or at least the same guidelines or the same, or the same things or stuff that you are willing to have. So for me, I will never understand the, you know, how people always look upstairs and are waiting to uh, the big entities to do the right thing just to be uh, disappointed time and time again. That's, uh, I feel like there is, I mean, also like it's leading by example as well with something like the burrito that being created by artists for artists. It will, and then other collectives like uh, making it 247 and uh, or Pure Web 3. I feel like uh, groups like those will highlight the importance of building collectives within the community and just showing how important it is to keep uplifting each other without, I guess, building your own type of family and uh, going forward from there. Because we make big decisions moving forward, but I don't think we have, uh, I guess, a bigger... We have different ambitions, I guess. So I feel like our model, once looked at by people with the right vision, can adapt and uh, take what they need from our model and uh, make something better, like their own Citadel vision. Hopefully... Hopefully, but uh, I do agree that setting an example by doing stuff like Burrito Dao is the way to go. And hopefully it will resonate to all our industry. I, I hope so, too. <laughs> um, so cons- about Fabula Dao, what are your guys' next plans moving forward? And are people, uh, are people allowed to mint? And what is the minting process like? Okay, uh, we haven't started minting yet. We will start it probably in a couple of weeks. Uh, and uh, our uh, task right now in Fabuladao is to uh, find as many generative artists to join us uh, so we can offer as much styles uh, to minters. Yeah. But again, I look at this as a very long term, uh, a long, a very long term uh, project. When I saw it, when I thought about it in, in the, let's say, in the macro vision of it, it was like the sacred ground of uh, Web three, where you uh, keep your memories. Yeah. So uh, we are now uh, trying to uh, gather as many artists as we see, and we will uh, add quarterly each. Uh, each quarter we will add more artists that will be chosen by the DAO, of course. And uh, when we'll open the minting process, you will mint a fabula. And when you get a, the fabula, you get another token, which is like, a, I want to say a coupon for another uh, art. So I will explain a little bit about it. But 
with the fabula itself once you want to create it you go to our website and then you'll have a upload section where you upload your files and then after you upload and you finish you go to uh, the artist section you choose an art and then you create your uh, fabula so it's pretty easy the minting process and the creation of the fabula I really like the generative art aspect. Also, bringing back the topic of generative art, I just want to say that you are right with uh, generative art being the next... Uh, I mean, it's not even a question about it being next. It is. Uh, it always has been one of, if not the top uh, performing types of art and assets in NFTs because of the on-chain uh, gener generative uh, type of art. So like artists like Tyler Hub and Matt Kane and uh, Eric, the creator of uh, Squiggles. Oh, Squiggles. Yeah. And friendship bracelets now. Yeah, like those, like they're revolutionary compared to what everyone else is doing because they're actually being generated on-chain and the coding that goes behind it, I will never understand. But it's... It's paving a way for all these artists because it's, and usually like, uh, I guess generative type of art was never looked at as quote unquote real art, but now given the space f for uh, art minted on the blockchain, there are no limits to what art can be. I agree, totally agree. And again, when you uh, consider that everything is digitalized, so of course, art will be in some kind of way. So generative art is like the obvious step forward. But if you look at it, I think that AI art will be something huge in the future. Again, like it or not, I'm not saying, just looking at the future and I see types of AI art that will be very successful in the future. And you can see it right now. Yeah, it's the, the AR that's being coded personally rather than uh, just being typed up and uh, edited on Photoshop, for example. Because there goes, it's like a big topic versus, uh, I guess, did the computer really do it or did you go out of your way and code your own uh, set of uh, language I, to make the piece I of art? I don't think that it will be a question in 10 years. Well, what's your thinking behind that? Again, when you uh, look at things that, or new technologies that look weird and uh, everybody don't understand them or look at it as not real art, and when you look 10 years ahead, then you see that those things were pretty fitted to the era that it was born in. So, uh, again, I'm not debating on the issue if AI art is real art or not real art, uh, because really, I don't know what differentiates uh, AI artists, yeah? And I uh, think that uh, you can call artists only to the person who created the software uh, itself. Uh, but... Again, it looks so fitted that AI art will be a part of uh, the digitalization that we are all uh, going through. Yeah, it's also allowing for 
people who believe that they were restricted with their creations to explore uh, their ideas as well. Because it's yes, also probably for people like deal. me, it will be great to uh, <laughs> to do art with AI. Never experienced it, by the way. Dude, you should uh, try Dali because Dali is not open for everyone. I will try. I will certainly try. You know, it, it's one of those things that you always say to yourself that I need to do it, I need to do it, and then you light up a joint and you forget to do it. <laughs> no, trust. If you, if you do it, like, while you're smoking, it's fire. Because yeah. you could try different iterations also. Like, put in a loopy, put in a, put in a donut uh, through the that variation is- and look at all the different, yeah, look at all the different types it'll come up with. You know that I have uh, like my own donut that is not one of the collection with the mouth gag. <laughs> so maybe I should try it. Yeah, oh, definitely. And then DM me the results. Yeah, I will send it. For sure. It should be funny. Probably post it on Twitter. <laughs> so we're coming towards uh, the part where we would ask people to come up for any questions or comments about your journey, you and Fabula. So if anyone would like to come up, uh, please just request and uh, I'll get you on stage. But besides that, yo, Mariana, thank you for coming up. I really appreciate you coming. Um, you know, when I connected with you uh, almost, I guess, two years ago now, uh, yeah. it's... Uh, I mean, like how far we've come is honestly insane. And just like, thank you for believing in me. You know, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you, to be honest. And uh, exploring the space has been honestly really fun. And uh, I'm not going anywhere, to be honest. Like, I'm building this shit. I, first of all, for me, it's really, I'm thrilled to hear that you weren't here uh, if it wasn't for uh, me supporting you at uh, the beginning. Uh, because, you know, although there are bear markets in this industry and although there are crashes and like heartbreaking scenes for people that lose all their money, we are now building the future. Yeah, and this future is evident and it will be. So being here, yeah, in the start of it, will surely, if you're not doing like SBF mistakes of greed, yeah, it will surely will put you in a very, very good place. So for me, I'm very thrilled that you are here. And I want to also uh, tell people that those, everything in crypto is is cycle, yeah. So we are now in the bear markets, probably in the depths of this bear market. So the good news is from here, we will only uh, go up. Uh, maybe we'll have another drawdown after the full uh, FTX uh, story will unfold, yeah? But we almost hit rock bottom. We are going up until the halving uh, of Bitcoin in 2024 and onwards to the future. And just remember to take profits, guys. <laughs> yeah, like I feel like a lot of people are panicking and they have every right to with everything that's going on but uh zooming out and thinking the bigger picture it's it's a it's a bump on the road like it's a really big bump on the road but i don't like don't let it distract you from what we've been building this entire time when you look at the bitcoin charts and you expand it to the full time of its creation you can see that 
40 or 50% uh, drawdowns on those charts look like small bumps. So in the bigger scheme of things, yeah, those are all smaller bumps. You need to stay focused, understand that this is the future DCA into BTC and ETH, buy NFTs, and just stay here and keep grinding. Exactly. Do you have any closing remarks you would like to say before we end the space? Uh, no, just that I really had fun. This was my first interview and it was uh, a little bit nerve-wracking uh, before we started because I'm not, you know, I'm not an outgoing person. I'm more of an introvert and I don't like to speak in, uh, in front of people. So uh, the experience was great. So thank you for making it great also. Yo, thank you for being comfortable enough to speak up. And personally, I am also an introvert. Um, but when we're building stuff like this, it's hard uh, not to speak up and uh, have a voice when there is no one speaking up as well. Like yeah, we're leaders. Of this. Yo, thank you so much, Mariana, for coming. Thank have you, a good thank night. You, you too. And uh, good night, everybody else.